0: Amen. It is so good to be back. I am so happy to be with you guys. Last week I was in, uh, I was suffering in eighty degree weather in Florida and Louisiana. I just, I got suntanned. I'm so sorry that, that uh, you know I had to suffer that, and you guys uh, couldn't suffer with me. But no, in all seriousness, it is so good to be back. And if you're visiting with us today, what a great service to be a part of because today's a baptism service, and I can see friends and family here. So I hope that you enjoy yourselves with us. My name's Joe, my wife is Nancy. We also offer translation for Spanish speakers. If any family members are here who need the Spanish translation, Armando Rosa is in the back. Let's give it up for Armando Rosa. Gracias, hermana. Gloria Dios. We're so excited that she's always back there helping with our Spanish translation. One time we actually had a uh, translation into Arabic when we had Syrian people here as refugees. So we look to, uh, to expanding that, maybe three or four at one time, different languages. But uh, open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Glad that you're here. If you're hearing me and you're excited, somebody say, bring in. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to talk about putting off the old and putting on the new. It is a great message for us to prepare for baptism baptism is a public declaration of our life to Jesus Christ. We do not baptize children because Jesus didn't baptize children. Children who were baptized need to be re-baptized because that was a tradition of men, not a tradition of God, not something that He commanded us. If you can find that in the Bible, I'll baptize all my children right now. I have five of them, and uh, three of them still need to be baptized. I'll baptize them all right now, but that's not what we see in the Bible. What we see is people like we're going to see today being baptized, those who are are conscious and aware, able to make a confession of their faith to live for God. And what we've been doing is going through the sermon series here of the book of Ephesians, and this book talks about living a new life in Him, in God. Everybody say, in Him. Thank you. So our new life is in Christ. And what a great time to be a part of this church and read the book of Ephesians with us. So I'm glad that you're doing that. If you haven't started, try reading the book of Ephesians at least once a week. I promise you, it will encourage you. And today's message, though not planned to match with baptism, fits perfectly with those who want to make a public declaration for Jesus. Let us remember that it's not the baptism that saves them, it's the faith that they have in Jesus. the cross that saves them, but it's the baptism that represents what God did on the inside spiritually. This is a physical representation, just like communion is. Communion represents the body and blood of Jesus. It's not the literal body and blood of Jesus. How many know we're not cannibals? Aren't you glad you're not a cannibal today? And this is not what saves you. I could baptize a pig. It's still a pig. I can go into a McDonald's and and I'm, I'm not a hamburger. So just going to do something doesn't change you, okay? Going to McDonald's is Not make you a hamburger, going inside there doesn't change your nature. But what changes the nature is what God does on the inside. And I think it's a greater miracle to go from a sinner to a saint than any miracle that's on this planet, anything that you can imagine. I just think that's the greatest thing. And that's what the Bible says is the greatest thing. That's what Jesus gave his life for. So let's remember that this is just a sign of someone coming in dry, you know, worldly in their old ways, confessing Christ, being dunked down as a grave, symbolizing that into the water, and then coming up a new person, wet and able now to live for Jesus. That's what it's meant to do. It's meant to be, in some sense, a liquid grave. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is being symbolized there. And it's a special time. And so friends and family, thank you for coming. But this message applies to all of us. I could not have picked out a better baptism message. So if you're with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, somebody say, I'm there. Now when I show you on the screen, how many are there? You're there now. Some of you just want to look at the screen. I like it when you bring your app or your Bible because that way you can mark it and read it yourself on your own time. But feel free to follow along here as well. We're going to start in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, though. 22 will be our passage for the message. And if you've been with us for the last uh, couple of weeks, you remember I started a whole new passage in Ephesians. And so we're going to read the whole thing. How many love the Bible? Okay, so we're going to read a whole long portion of the Bible, and I want you to put on your listening ears, and I want you to follow along as if you were the people of Ephesus. You lived in this city. That's where the name is is from, is the city of Ephesus, and you were hearing this maybe from the Apostle Paul. It is a letter that he sent to them, but if you knew Paul, you would probably hear this in his words. You would hear his voice, and you would know that this was coming from God. And I want you to hear this whole passage in its entirety Because it's the 17-week message series that we're in. So how do you preach a whole book of the Bible? How does a pastor go about doing that? You take it in chunks. And this chunk right now, chapter 4, 17 to 520, is a big passage. And instead of just reading the portion I'm going to preach from every week, because what I'm going to read from today is actually just right here, I mean what I'm going to preach from today is 22 through 24. Instead of just reading that portion, I read the entire passage. Why? Because I want you to get the context context. Everybody say the context. The Bible is a text. And if you don't put it in context, you're not going to understand what it means. So if you just open up the Bible and put your finger somewhere, it could say Judas hung himself. And then if you open up your Bible again and put your finger somewhere, it can say go and do likewise. You see how many want to follow that way of reading the Bible? go and hang myself. How did that happen? No, what you want to do is read the text in context. I say all that because it takes me about three minutes to read it. Don't get bored with the Word of God, okay? Paul talking here. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Those are the non-believers in God. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. Each of you must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And don't give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up. Come on, somebody say, building up. up. For building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Remember, chapters and verses did not come in the original letter, so keep reading. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, or any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes the light. That is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, for the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Isn't that awesome to hear the Word of God read? The Word of God broke down to us 17 main things on Christian living. This is the section of the book of Ephesians where Paul now lays out all the things that Christians do. He says that we are not to be sensual, we're not to be impure, we're not to be greedy, we're to take off the old, put on the new, take off falsehood, put on truth, not to give a place to anger and the devil. How many know when you get angry, you give place to the devil? You'll do things angry that you never would do otherwise. That we're not to steal, but we're to work. We're not to use our words with unwholesome speech. We're to exhort each other, build each other up. We're not to grieve the Holy Spirit. We're not to have bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, or malice. Or what you hear about today in, in rap music and those kinds of things. Or what you see in the world around us. But rather we're supposed to be kind, compassionate, forgiving like Jesus. We're to follow Jesus and walk in love. People say nobody's perfect. That's right, we're born naughty by nature. But we're supposed to be born again into the divine nature and be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. That's what Jesus said in Matthew five forty-eight. Can I follow Jesus' example? Absolutely, he wouldn't have said it unless I could. We are to avoid sexual immorality, everything you see on the Jersey Shore, real housewives, keeping up with the Kardashians. There's not even supposed to be a hint of it, either through pornography or lust of the heart, impurity, greed, obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking. We shouldn't laugh at what the world laughs at. We should live as children of the light. We should make the most of our time not wasting it on Facebook but putting our face in his book. We're not to be foolish, but we're to understand what the will of the Lord is. So many people today are on their second and third marriage, their second and third baby daddy, their second and third job because they don't know the will of God for their family, their sexuality, their children, their job, their money. But the Bible says, understand the will of the Lord. You can know God's will for your life. Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whenever you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's never a hangover. Can I hear an amen? Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. You know, we like to sing by ourselves often, and even those who are gifted singing get embarrassed to sing in front of others. But we are to do this to encourage each other. We are not only to hear our own voice soothing us with the words of God, just as a child soothes itself singing itself to sleep. Not only are we to do that for ourselves, but we are to encourage each other through the songs of the Bible and encourage each other through the voice of heaven coming through us. You are given a voice to sing God's word, amen, and make music from your heart to the Lord. You ever wake up with a song in your heart? You ever wake up with something that you just can't express with words, but you have to sing it out? That's God on the inside of you, expressing the heart of love that he has for the life that he's given you. And then lastly, always give thanks to God. How many know if we're thankful, we'll get rid of the spirit of ungratefulness? Thankful and ungrateful are polar opposites. When my children complain, that's because they're being unthankful. They're being ungrateful. But when they're being grateful, they can't complain. Amen? And God wants the same thing for you. Before you ask God for ten other things, thank him for the thousand things he's already given you. These are the instructions that we're to have. And so what is the passage that we're looking at today in the book of Ephesians is the passage that talks about putting on the new you. Look at your neighbor and say, put on the new you. We are to put on the new you. Thank you. Look at that passage again, Ephesians 22 through 24. And this time, let's read it together. One, two, three. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What are four things we get from this passage, y'all? Four things that can change your world if you will get a hold of it right now. First, is it your choice to what you put on every day? The Bible says it's your choice. Do you want to live in the old you with stinking thinking and a bad attitude? Do you want to live busted and disgusted? Do you want to live in your past? Or do you want to live in the present and the future that God has for you? It's your choice who you're going to be. Just like you chose to either put on new or clean clothes rather this morning or to go into the dirty laundry basket and pull up those old clothes. It was your choice to what you put on today. How many put on clean clothes? Amen. When I was a single man, I used to determine whether or not it was clean by how bad it smelled, okay? I would take it out of the dirty laundry. Okay, this got a few more wears in it right here. But my wife caught me doing that a long time ago, and she said, no, you ain't doing that no more. You ain't doing that no more. You got to wear the clean clothes now. And even still to this day, I have a pile before the dirty pile. I keep it right next to it because I say, that ain't ready yet for this pile. That's how I try to get away with some of that. Some of you guys can relate to that. But you see, you make the choice to either remain the old sinful you that you inherited at birth from Adam and Eve's sin, or to be made new in the image of Christ. It's our choice today. No one can make it for you. That's why we don't baptize children, because a child can't make that choice yet. An infant can't do that. But you can do that. My seven-year-old was old enough to say she wanted to do that, and our second service will be baptizing a nine-year-old. You know when you want to live for God. You will know like you know that you know. And that's when we baptize. That's when we say this person's ready to go into that liquid grave, bury their past, and live in the future. But remember this. If you find yourself on Judgment Day being condemned to hell, it is not God's fault. It is your fault. The cross says God loves you this much. That's how much Jesus loves you. That's how much the Father loves you, that he gave you the Son and the Holy Spirit to be here with us. So all those who are in hell are there by their choice. There is no one being sent to hell that didn't choose it first here. And my friends, there is a hell for those who live in disobedience and treason to God. All rebellion towards God makes you a traitor towards God. It's not just that we are politically against abortion and homosexuality and murder and these. It's not just politically we make these stances of morality. My friend, a sin would be a sin whether or not everybody did it or nobody did it. It's a sin according to God. If all your friends live with someone they're not married to and are having sex together, it's still a sin and you'll go right to the same hell they will. It's your choice. Do you want to live in your old sinful self? Do you want to live like the worldly, the ungodly, those who don't take serious the commands of God? Or do you want to live in the new self that God created? That's what he made you for. Can I hear an amen? The next thing that we see is that the flesh cannot save you. It says it's corrupted by its deceitful desires. Look at that passage. It says right here your old self, you're to take it off, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. How many know you can lie to yourself? How many know you can be your worst enemy? Amen. The reason why I say that is because all we have to do is look back at our hairdos throughout our history and we can see how much we've lied to ourselves. All you have to do, ladies, is go back and look at your prom date of your junior year and you can see how much you lied to yourself. That was the one, wasn't he? That was the one, right? All you have to do is go back over the decisions your flesh has made and you let, yourselves, you let yourself down just like I do all the time. So we're not supposed to live according to our flesh. We're not supposed to try to save ourselves through our brain and our five senses. Look at how much we lie to ourselves now. Look at all the trouble that we're in now. Look at what the world has become like now. We took God out of school, and now school shootings have happened. This is a new phenomenon just in the last 20 years since we took prayer out of school. And now we said, God, you don't belong here. Look what's happened in the violence. Ever since we started saying that the music we would sing would not be about God, look at the music we sing now. Once we said the movies weren't going to be about Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments, look at what our movies are about now. Once we said that our families weren't going to be about God and we would not get married and put God first look at all of the children born outside of families not living with their mom and dad over half of American culture living only with one of their parents look at what it's done to the emotional state of our people we're broken and we can't fix ourselves your flesh is corrupted it's deceived so there's no way you can change yourselves God has to change you by being born again and giving you a new self it's as if we all had AIDS and we're trying to give each other blood transfusion we're not fixing anything. It's as if you had tar all over your body and your hands, and you're trying to wash it off. All you keep doing is putting it in more deeper and deeper into you. Jesus is the one that changes us from the inside out. From the inside out. Yes, you may deceive yourself even by your little renovations. Well, I've lost weight. Oh, I've quit smoking. Jail changed me. I'm not going back to that. You know, you may make these small renovations and then deceive yourself and think you can save your soul. But let me give you a better comparison of trying to save yourself. Saving yourself is not just like going on a diet and losing a few pounds. Let me tell you what saving yourself is like. Saving yourself is trying to reach heaven right now. Go to heaven right now go there. Make your home there. Go say hi to Jesus. Go say hi to the angels. You can no more bring yourself to heaven than you can save yourself right now. My friends, you are of earth. And you are on a cursed earth, an earth that has death and destruction. Think it not strange when we kill each other. Brothers killed each other within the first generation since Adam and Eve sin. Are you listening to me? They butchered and murdered children in Jesus' and Moses' day. That's what they're doing now again with abortion. Men worshipped other men with the pharaohs. Now we worship Lady Gaga. Things have not changed. It's just all been rearranged in different generations, but it's all still the same. Are you listening? You can't save yourself. A man can't save you. A parent can't save you. Your parents will forsake you. You say, how will my parents forsake me? The day they die and you outlive them, they won't help you anymore. Do you understand? My dad realized that as a Christian when he buried his father. And the scripture says, even though my mother and father forsake me, you'll never forsake me. And he said, I never understood. How can my mother and father forsake me? They're the best parents but the day he buried his father he realized my father has forsaken me the curse upon his flesh has now been paid in full my father is gone but his heavenly father will be with him forever are you listening they came to a christian one time who was serving god and they said sir your father has died your father has died you must go back you must go back and take care of the family and all of these things he said you blaspheme god is my father and he cannot die <laughs> The Bible says that all this world will pass away. It's nothing but a mist. And so don't be deceived by the little renovations you do for yourself. It's like rearranging furniture on the sinking Titanic. What have you really done? Well, I'll just put this chair right over here. I'll put this painting over here. I'll get this education. I'll have this family. My friends, you're on the Titanic and it's sinking. You're headed for destruction. See Christ as your Savior. He bore your sin. He bore mine. So that what we could not do, he would do for us. And when he said, it is finished, that's what he meant. Your salvation is finished. Come and get it. Amen. That's why we learn in that passage that God has a new self for us. He has a new self for everyone. It's not about all the different races of men or the cultures of men. It's about becoming a new race, a new humanity all in Christ. Just like there's one human race in Adam, and now we've been separated by culture, there's a new race, a new culture in Christ, and it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside or where you came from, what parents you had, the income you were a part of, the new self is a reborn soul made in the image of Christ with the mind and attitude of Jesus and we're all brothers and sisters here, the family of God. So get born again into a new family. Well, pastor, I was born this way. Get born again. See, us Italians, we're quick to anger. You know any Italians? We're quick to anger. But I need to be born again into the mind of Christ and be quick to forgive. My culture cannot be an excuse for my sin. I am a new culture now. I am the kingdom culture, the Christ culture, the Jesus culture. Well, pastor, I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm going to lust after women as long as I'm a man. Listen, but become like the God, man, Jesus Christ, and count your sin, crucified, and look at women with purity through the eyes of Jesus and see them as your sister. Can God change your life? What is more powerful, the sin that Adam gave you or the righteousness that Christ has to impart to you? Jesus and the devil are not arm wrestling. When Jesus died on the cross, he stomped on his head. Now all those in Christ are made new creations having that same authority, and that's why you can pray, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. That's a prayer God will answer every time. That prayer to win the lottery, I can't tell you God's going to answer that. That prayer for you to find a boo this time next week, I can't can't tell you that's going to get answered. But I can guarantee this, in your time of temptation, you pray for God to lead you out. He will answer it every time. Can I get a witness up in this place? And then the last thing that we learn is that the new self that Christ gives us in true righteousness and holiness, remember that's what it says it's made to be like. We're made to be a new self, created to be like God. I'm not supposed to be like anybody else but God. Come on, somebody. In true righteousness and holiness, guess what? That's the purpose why we were made. That's why everything else feels like a square peg trying to go through a round hole. That's because it doesn't work. Money doesn't work to equal happiness. Relationships don't work to equal eternal happiness. That's why it feels like every time we have even things that are good, it's like we have a bucket with a hole in it. And it doesn't matter how much education we pour into it. I'm getting my doctorate. I'm halfway through. And I meet people getting their PhDs. And they're more depressed than some of you here today without an education. Are you listening? Because it doesn't matter how much education you pour into it. It's going to keep coming out. It was never meant to fill the hole of your soul. That's why you would think today if sex makes people happy, then people in pornography should be the most happy, but yet they're the most depressed. Why is it that these things don't fill the hole? It's because that's not the reason why you were made. It's like trying to use a saw to hammer in a nail. Hold that nail with your hand and try to hammer it in with a saw and see how your fingers feel after a while. Hello, somebody. It doesn't work. Try to hold your life together and bring happiness through relationships. Parents, try to find your happiness in children and see how long that lasts. Well, when I have children, they'll make me happy. Within the first week of five straight sleepless nights, you'll find out that children cannot make you happy. Now, they can bring happiness to your life, but they can't be the source of it. As a matter of fact, they will test the very fact that you have them as children, and they'll test your parenting. They'll test your mind, your fortitude. Grandchildren are the blessing for those who never killed their children. That's what they say. I haven't had that yet. But I've had grandparents tell me that the children almost cost them their mind. My mom would tell me she lost her mind at times because of me. So you're thinking your children are going to make you happy. They can't satisfy you the way God can. The Father gives a new self in Christ, and that's the purpose why we were made before sin defiled us. So before Adam and Eve sinned, what was our purpose? To be like Jesus, to be in the world that God created, thinking about God, working for God, having relationships with God at the center of them. And so we were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody say, I was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now we're going to follow the command that he gave us in this passage. Look at it one more time before I go through it quickly. He says we were taught in regard to our former way of life to take off the old self being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitudes of our minds to put on that new self created to be like God in Christ Jesus. It's your choice. Your flesh can't save you. God has a new you and that's the very purpose you were made. Now listen to the 14 things in this passage that God wants you to take off and put on. Put off false and put on speaking truthfully. Put off sinful anger and put on kindness. Put off stealing and put on sharing. Put off unwholesome talk and put on building others up according to their needs that may benefit them. Put off grieving the Holy Spirit and put on obeying the Holy Spirit. Put off all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander and along with every form of malice and put on kindness, compassion and forgiveness. Put off sexual immorality and impurity and put on purity. Put off greed. Put on generosity. I'm preaching better than your shouting. Put off obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking, and put on thanksgiving. Put off darkness. Put on light. Put off folly. Put on wisdom. Put off laziness, and put on making the most of every opportunity. Put off ignorance, and put off understanding what the Lord's will is. Put off getting drunk on wine, and put on being filled with the Holy Spirit, singing and making music, from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If that's going to be you, would you stand up? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus as we stand today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. As the band comes today, I want to close out asking you that simple question today. What way of living are you going to live? Are you going to live with the old self or are you going to live today with the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness? That's the question that you have to answer. I can't answer that for you. This simple message is a message that will transform your life if you put it into practice. If you put it into your mindset, you will be changed. Salvation is not by works. It's in faith in Jesus Christ. So the first step to being saved is to ask God to do this in your life. You have to believe that I can be made a new person, that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for my sins so that I might live. That's where the faith is at. Some of you all think that becoming a Christian is just to believe in in historical accounts. Well, I believe there was this man named Jesus, therefore I'm a Christian. Just because I believe in Abraham doesn't mean I'm an Abrahamian. I mean, I know the history of of Abraham, uh, Lincoln rather. I know that Abraham Lincoln lived. I know Martin Luther King Jr. lived. That doesn't mean I'm a Martin Lutheran. Just because you know a historical account of somebody doesn't mean you're living like them. Doesn't mean you're following them. Does everybody get that? The, the idea of Christianity is it's not just a mental ascent. It's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. It's a relationship. And so the choice is yours. For those who are being baptized today, what they're saying to, to the world, to their friends, to their family, is what they're saying is, I made a choice To give my life to Jesus because I believe this is what I was made for, was to take off the old and put on the new. That's what they're saying today. And as the altar workers come, if you haven't done that yet, we want to ask you to do that right now. Why? Because you can pray and be forgiven. These altar workers are here to pray with you to God to say, I want to make that decision to believe not only in the historicity of Jesus, but the Lordship and the power of Jesus, the power of transformation. I was at a kitchen table November 5th, 1995 with drugs in my pocket at 18 years old when my mother told me about this. And I had heard it my whole life, but it was that day that I decided that's for me. I want to give up my old and be made new. I could keep you here all day telling some of the stories of your friends and family, seeing it from my perspective as a pastor. I could start by telling Jessica's story when Jessica came, when her nephew, I believe it was your nephew, had a youth contest to see how many friends and family he could bring to a youth Sunday. And they filled up a whole side section, and Jessica was just one of many in that crowd. But as time went on, people disappeared. And Jessica maybe didn't notice that I noticed, but I saw Jessica keep coming if you would have asked me that day pick out the one that will be here a year and a half later getting baptized probably would never have picked Jessica maybe I would have picked the mother of the son maybe I would have picked somebody else but thank God it's not up to me it's not up to me to choose who's gonna be old who's gonna be new God gives us the choice and every day you came Jessica to church you were making your choice Doesn't mean she doesn't love her friends and family that came that day. I'm sure she's praying that they come back and meet her here. But she had to make that choice. Same thing with Calvin. Calvin is a connection from Juan, right? That's your connection. How many customers come into the Nini's deli that Juan spreads his message to? Probably each day the store is open, 20, 30, 40, 50. He's always using his deli to spread the message. But Calvin was different than the others. Calvin said, I'll actually go to church. And I remember, if it's correctly, when Calvin came the first time right here. Did you sit here the first time you came? Because I believe I remember the first time you came and Calvin made that choice. It wasn't Juan's choice. wasn't his family's choice. Calvin said, I'm going to serve Jesus. That's what God gives us the choice for, is to choose him. God is not a divine kidnapper. He's not going to force you into his closet. Take off your clothes, your old clothes, and put on your new clothes so that you become like you see in these, you know, these like horror movies Well, he dresses you up like a ballerina, puts lipstick on you. You know what I'm saying? He's a psychopath. That ain't Jesus. Jesus says, you want to wear that stinky life? You want to keep walking around in that sin? I'll let you do it. God loves you so much, he'll let you go to hell and never spend eternity with him. But to those who say, I choose you, Jesus, he says, oh, I've got a new self for you. I've got a new person to put on you. Let me say this last thing before we start to pray. I always thought that it was my purpose to be my sinful self. I never knew that I was just a product of sin being bamboozled by my own deceitful desires let me explain it to you so I listened to Cypress Hill and Snoop Dogg and all these guys and I and I found myself in them so I'm doing drugs I'm partying I'm doing all these things and that became my identity one that's who I thought I was and so when we saw somebody that we didn't like we fought and that came natural but I didn't understand I was being deceived two of my friends died never shed a tear never even went to their funeral I thought that was who I was. I was hard-hearted, arrested eight times, the time in juvenile jail. This is just who I am. But when I was born again, I realized that wasn't who I was made to be. That's why I felt so empty all the time. And then all of a sudden I started to cry. Not as a baby like crying, but I would cry emotionally because I could feel things in my heart. I wasn't as hard-hearted as I thought I really was in that sense. It's like I, I love emotion. And I began to fall in love with a woman where before I had sex with girls, not having a real relationship. And then I, you know, I never saw myself as a husband. And then I became a husband because I was the new self. And then I never thought about having kids, but now I've got five kids. You see, I was deceived. If I would have died at 18 years old, I would have died in deception. I never would have saw this. Are you listening? The devil had me. And what I believe God is telling us today is you don't know what He knows about you and your future. You don't even know how much you will love living for Him. Some of you are thinking, man, I couldn't give up cursing. I thought the same way. Some of you are thinking, I can't give up drinking. I used to think the same way. Now I hate those things. I was just at Mardi Gras. I hate those things. I love the things I never thought I would love. Are you listening? Because God gave me a new self. And maybe y'all weren't crazy like that. But you need a new self too. Maybe you're so prideful and religious. You don't think you need this. You do need this. You can't save yourself. These children are going to watch those get baptized today. And they're going to make it in their heart one day. I will do that. Let's all live for Jesus. So if you came today with a friend or a family or you're just a visitor today and you don't know Jesus, in the next few moments I'm going to want you to give some prayer, okay? And you come up to these prayer workers and just say, Man, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give up my old self. I want to be made new. And it will happen today. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Father, we ask that right now you would speak to our hearts so that we might live for you this is why we were created we were made to give you glory we were made to reflect you like the moon reflects the Sun we were made for love We were made for relationship today. Show us if we're not in it today and help us to take off the old and put on the new. If you're here today and you've got that old you around your life, ask God to forgive you right now. Before you ever come to a prayer worker, just say, I ask for forgiveness, Jesus, and I believe that you can change me. You talk to him for yourself right now. And those of you who have already been made new, thank him thank him for the grace he's given you thank him that you don't got to be that old stinky you anymore you can be the new you in christ come on those here today who don't know god you should be praying to know him those who already do ask him to transform you in the name of jesus in the name of jesus a few more moments we are so amazed at your grace your grace is so amazing it captures our hearts it captures our hearts we don't have to leave out here the same way we came in we can take off the old and put on the new in jesus name can i hear an amen amen so this is what we're going to do we're going to dismiss those that have children in the back we're going to ask you to get them and if you want to stay which you are really welcome to stay we want you to stay Get your children, come on up here. That way we can give our children's workers a break before the second service and enjoy the moment. But here's the deal. Those who need prayer, come right up here. The children can wait. We'll get them right afterward. But come to one of these prayer workers, and you get right. Because when you watch this baptism, I want you to see yourself in there. Every time they go down, I want you to say, that's me. I'm not who I used to be. Amen? And if you're a Christian... And you struggling like, man, I've been given into temptation. Come up and pray with them because you know what? You're not the only one to have struggled with temptation as a Christian. Sometimes we make mistakes and do the wrong thing, but God is gracious for, to, to, to forgive us. He's gracious to forgive and to love. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Do y'all believe this today? Father, as we get ready to dismiss and transition to do baptisms, We just ask you, Lord, that anyone that needs prayer today will receive it to live that new life. And those that are being baptized, we pray that they'll have the courage to tell their testimony and that, Lord, they'll be encouraged by what happens in the water and those watching will be inspired and that we'll all live for you, tell the world about you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give it up for Jesus. Come on, we love you, Lord. Somebody say Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. We're going to worship in transition. Come on up if you need prayer. Those who are being baptized, meet me right over here by this wall.